Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. It's Monday afternoon. We've got the unenviable task of picking over the bones of Saturday's Merseyside Derby defeat. Uh, it's me, Greg O'Keefe, and I'm joined by Gavin Buckland and Tony Scott. And Phil Kirkbride, fresh from Finch Farm, where he's just returned from Cooman's press conference, ostensibly to preview the Man United game. But Phil, just run us through quickly you know, what Cooman's uh, mood was like and, and what he said, because perhaps, predictably, the derby was pretty much on the agenda for most of it. Yeah, given it was only a couple of days uh, ago, the derby was, was certainly at the forefront of, of the questioning. Um, Ronald remained spiky and, in, and adamant in his assessment that he's proud of the performance, he extended that slightly to say he was really proud, um, he was determined that it wouldn't be about individuals, the assessment of this, it was unfair for it to be like this, if the team weren't good enough then it was the team that wasn't good enough, not individuals, though he did sort of relent as the questioning persisted and, and you know, acknowledged that, you know, obviously didn't, you know, two high profile players in that Everton team, Rom didn't look sharp and look tired and that he's, he's spoken to him about that um, and that Ross, yeah, it wasn't his best game and, and and, and you know gave away balls in, in, in the final third but always returned to the fact that it was not a time to um, dig out individual players and he said he's a football realist and I think I think what the message he was trying to get home was our season is not defined by what happened at Anfield and it, it won't make or break it and I think he was just like you know a bit of perception. You know if we listen to Gav who said our season isn't defined by either of the two games really whether it's Saturday or tomorrow night. I'll um Quickly get to the heart of, of one thing I wanted to mention. I don't know if you follow either myself or Tony on Twitter, but we had a bit of a dispute about um, what Cooman said after the game, his press conference after the game at Anfield. And um, I think briefly, so really, I felt that he chose, he made a rare mistake in choosing the words that he did and how he said it. And I think, so you were kind of saying that, no, it stopped again. So you were saying that, you know, he'd stopped again in terms of he shouldn't have um, been digging him out, as Phil said, and he should be able to just, you know, get away with those kind of deflecting games. And you felt there was kind of... I think he, he needed to support these kids. Listen, if you're 18 years of age and you've just played in your first Merseyside derby, your first game of the season, you've just had the leg around from Philip Coutinho and Sadio Mane, your chin's on the floor automatically straight after that match. The last thing you want to see is your manager castrate you in front of the world's press. Now, Ronald Koeman had to say something. If he would have said nothing, it would, probably would have been worse. So he couldn't have deflected the blame on them. What he needed to say was, I support them, I'm proud of them, proud of the performance, proud of how we approached it. And that's what he had to do. Now, if you're 18, Greg, and you play in your first Merseyside derby and that happens, and your manager slaughters you in the public. Pub how would you feel going into the Manchester United game? Well, I think you're mistaken what I was saying. I wasn't saying that Koeman should have slaughtered any of the young players. I felt he was wrong to emphasise how proud he was. But to be honest, that's a semantic thing. What I felt he was really wrong to do was to kind of come out with the almost Martinez-esque platitudes about being close in the game, about creating good chances and about playing the way we like to play. 
because that for me I felt was was the deflection game, and I felt that it was wrong. You know, football fans around the world, particularly scousers, like people to tell it like it is, mm. and they won't be fooled. And that's certainly the evidence for that for me wasn't on the pitch. Uh, so he shouldn't. I feel he should have been a bit more honest. So straight well, honestly, I agree with him. Was ever were ever aggressive. Too right, they were too too aggressive in my opinion. So some of the tackles that were in, they were over over the line. So they were too aggressive in tackles and pressing. I think I think the tactics didn't know. Kuma's not blaming aggression. aggression by in, in, in players' faces getting your foot no, sorry, in, getting what, stuck what you in. Mean, in relation to what we're talking about here. As in, that's the way they approached the game. It was too aggressive in my opinion. That that's what I'm hey, trying no, to say. That's what Kuma says, isn't he? He said that he's happy the way they approached it and the way they pressed it. No, the way we like to play. Yeah, well, that, that, when they got the ball... So he's happy with that? I, well, when we got the ball, we created quite a lot of chances, no, in my opinion. No, no, no. Well, what's what's nine shots on goal, four, four shots on target. Holgate had two chances. Barkley had a chance. We scored from one. Calvin Lewis, the cross they came in, he should, he should have put it in. I thought we'd, we'd done okay considering the patch-up sides we had. And far cry from the last 20 years when we've had better teams going to Anfield and being blitzed. No, I thought they were terrible. No. And I think... You, you, you're, picking out, harsh. you're picking out chances to try and back up your argument. No, no. I don't think they've created anything by the main attacking players or the midfield. The chances fell to young defenders and Calvert-Lewin, which would class as a half chance, really. Colgate could have done better with his header, yeah. But then what about Barkley? Gay's not an attacking player, but he's still a central midfielder. Obviously, Lukaku didn't bust a single shot, by the way. Well, he can't help it if he's isolated. I'm, I'm not saying that he didn't try a leg. Koeman didn't foresee when he picked this team now, when I when I took when I when we were talking about the team Friday night, we all basically said, I can't see us getting anything. Can't see us getting anything with that side. And we were now, right. what, yeah, but what Cumin didn't foresee is that a lot of his big game players were to have one of the worst games of their season, including with these young kids. Lukaku, Barkley, Williams, Robles. He didn't foresee these lads who he's been relying on all season to have the worst game of their lives on such an occasion. You, you seem to be like disassociate him from any of the influence he can have on their performance. He's the coach. Yeah, of course. And also, I'll take issue at him saying, mentioning Barkley being, sorry, Lukaku being tired. Coutinho and Firmino flew halfway around the world to play in South America in the week. All right, Lukaku went to Sochi. They didn't look tired to me. But, before it gets all a bit too too much, we have to be dragged outside, Gav. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, I thought uh, that might run and run. Um, first of all, I think... I was a bit mystified by Cumin's comments when I, when I first heard it, but then I thought whether maybe I've read too many conspiracy books, whether it was to do with he's obviously there was a bit of issue obviously with the bench wasn't the Liverpool bench on, on, on Saturday and sort of a bit of bit of coming and going and not being happy with Klopp and the coaching staff. And I think if he'd have come out and said, you know, the way it was, like we got outplayed, Liverpool a better team, blah blah blah. He, was, he would have therefore been paying them a compliment of sorts. And I think that's the last thing he wants to do yeah. after the after the after the, the sort of like obviously off the pitch antics. And I, I think what he was doing there for his own professional pride, he didn't want to give any credit to Liverpool. And I think that's why he said what he said. I I think it wasn't to do with protecting players or or misreading the game. I think for my for my opinion, it was not giving them any credit, and that's the last thing he wants to do. Um, at the same time, I do agree with some of the points raised there like, about you then protecting some of the younger players. But I thought, you know, go, going back to our performances, the problem, you know, I was thinking about this. You know, I have this thing about you maximise the number of players in your team that between the ages of 24 and 29, that that's when you've got the right 
you know, the right, the right mix of experience and, 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 and fitness and skill. On Saturday, uh, the players on the pitch between ages 24 and 29, Everton had one. Well, it was a Drissa game. Liverpool had seven. And not only that, and not only that, but the, yeah. our players below the ages of 24, three of them were 20, weren't they? Mm. The, the players above 29 weren't 30 or 31. They were like two or 32, and one was 34. So consequently, if you go on a derby with that sort of, you go on any football game, when you've got that sort of age profile of your team, and the other team have got the right age, you're going to have, you're going to have problems. And that manifested itself perfectly on, on Saturday, didn't it? The older players weren't fast enough. And younger players weren't experienced enough. And you throw those two things into a mix, you've got a problem. Added to Tony's point, it's like the three players that probably don't fit into that for us were Adrissa Garnagay, Barkley, and Lukaku, who were sort of 23, I'd say 27. Our bigger game players. Mm. And all three were poor. Yeah. So I think there was some, something to do with the, the, the age, the age range of the team. On Saturday was part of the problem. That's a good point. I yeah. just I just thought the young lads that he picked, he weren't expecting the older experienced players to perform like they did. Well, he obviously he wasn't expecting that because None of the form coming into the game, Barkley had been playing really well, Lukaku had been bang on form, and you know Gay had just been starting to rediscover his form, hadn't he? Would you say Liverpool are a million miles away? From Everton, because all I've heard over these last over the last weekend is miles away from Everton, Liverpool, Ma- millions of miles away. Let me field that question, Tony. <laughs> because I've had some uh, abuse email off the other side for my reference in my verdict that um, Liverpool's performance on Saturday struggled to stay above bang average. Now I'm not being like on the wind up there when I yeah. wrote that. I genuinely didn't think Liverpool were very good. And I've seen them play better. I thought they played better at Goodison for a start. Yeah. And I've yeah. seen some of their games on telly this season. And I've seen them play better. Yeah. I didn't think they were very good. And that was what frustrated me more, is that we were just worse. Um, and for me, the big thing was, the three goals were all... You know, you need to say every goal is avoidable, but the three goals were all avoidable, massively avoidable. And it, for me, it wasn't a case of Everton being afraid, Everton being weighed down by... The history of not winning there since 1990. I didn't. I didn't feel that. I didn't yeah. sense that. For me, it was poor decision making on the day. Yeah. First goal. Idrissa guy. Why is he diving in? Because he allows yeah. Mane to play a one-two and scurry away from him. Stand on your feet and stop him because he's wide, deep on the right-hand side, nowhere near the goal. If you're if you're Kuman at that moment, you're going perfect. Force Mane out that flat. Excellent. Garner Gate dives in, nowhere near it. Spin. You're on the back foot. Tom then dives in, which compounds the issue. And then, obviously, we've see, all seen the replay and the analysis. Pennington d- doesn't go where he probably should on reflection. Williams isn't fast enough to stop the shot. Second goal, it's over the top. We, fo- we allow Coutinho to come onto his right foot. Who's, who's telling Pennington there? Yeah. Force him down, force him right. Third goal is an absolute shambles. Oh, joke. Pass, 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 pass. Oh, there you go. But yeah. the second goal, it's just a guy in the game was a fault for that because yeah. he let Coutinho go past yeah, him. Yeah, and he now. dived in again. Yeah, and, and that's, the, that's the point of one of these is about them three players in particular, is we go on about the gay stats about most tackles, whatever it is, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I, I've got a distrust of player stats, as you know. Because what it doesn't tell you is what we don't do. Mm. We make mm. 109 tackles in a season, whatever. It's the tackles in the big games when you're expected to do them. That's the ones I'm interested in. 
and it was twice on Saturday, and the other one was it was Harry Kane's goal at Spurs in the in the big game, and, uh, and there was another big game down there. And the other thing about Barkley and, and Lukaku is, I think we've got to give credit, haven't we, to the other teams sometimes. What good teams are good at is not only when they've got the ball, but when they haven't got the ball, is knowing who the opposition players are who can threaten them and isolate them. And that's what Liverpool did really well with Lukaku on, on Saturday stick. Lucas Labour in around him. Nose mm. control's not the great best thing. Just pick up the loose balls off him. And I, and that's what I mean. Benitez used to do that with Arteta in the derby. He knew that he was the one player who could hear, hear Liverpool. So he used to just crowd him out, not give him the ball. You know, and that, that, that's what good teams do. And with Barkley, I just thought, OK, he had a good run in the second half, didn't he? But the game was summed up by those two moments. The one Phil was talking about Mane in the first half where... He had, an, he, he had a yard and he made the most of it. And that was that was a bit Ross, didn't it? You know, when the, we had three on three, didn't we? Mm. Yeah. And that, that's that, Ross's yeah. moment where he can really influence the game. Either go past your man or lay, lay, lay ball off. And what did he do? He overran the ball and then went yeah. past it. Yeah. And Greg, we were going through like a, a comparison where we've seen the Bill Evans players last week. Then yeah. Tony said Barclay or Mane, and both of us said Mane. Yeah. And. Within those two incident, inc- incidents on, on Saturday, mm. that was the reason why I fully justified what we said. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree on that. I just think with Ross Barkley, when it comes to these games and the emotional attachment to it, <coughs> I just think it, it, it feels too much for him. It, it's just the, the game and the magnitude of being an Evertonian playing in a Merseyside derby, it, it, it hurts him. And he doesn't do his normal thing. I think if Ross Barkley, when we play Manchester United, Tomorrow, I think you see a totally different performance. Can I can I counter that as well? And so not arguing back for the sake of it, but all I'd say, I think you're right. I think the evidence was clear to see on Saturday that what you're saying was correct. But Steven Gerrard was a local lad and usually managed to stay on the right side. That controlled aggression or that I do, I hyper focus. Well, how many times did he win? Derby games for Liverpool. Oh yeah, them. but how many times did he cost them by getting sent off? Yeah, well he didn't cost them. Well, the ones yeah, well, all right. How many times did he? How many times did he overstep the mark? Yeah, yeah. he did. And correct. become sent correct. off. No. And once he got away correct. with two, two foot on Gary Naismith. Yeah, correct. But my point being that the line somehow Gerald would find a way to deal with all that, the local baggage, and still make an impact on the game, make the right decisions. And he was he, I completely agree that he got away with a lot of hefty luck from officials and. Some horrendous challenges, but then I suppose had Gerard gone in on someone like Ross did on Lovren, we'd have been calling him for all oh, sorts. Of course, yeah, I think I think Greg's right in that. It's comparing him to Gerard, and I thought about this that they did affect Gerard. But by the time the the Naismith challenge was two thousand and two, wasn't he? When Gerard was twenty two, and he'd been sent off in ninety nine when he was nineteen. Yeah. By the time he was Ross's age, which is like twenty three, twenty four. That of that was sort of out of him. He got over that sort of. He got sent off when he was old. Yeah, but that was one was for kicking the ball Kill, away, no, wasn't it? Yeah, was, he went through. He went through Kevin Kilban. No, but that was a second yellow card, wasn't it? It was people, a bad tackle, Gavin. Really bad oh, well, tackle on Kilban. I can't remember. It wasn't a bad tackle. It was just a, it was a bookable tackle because he'd already been he'd been buffed for kicking the ball away early on in the game, hadn't he? That was that's why he got but he got sent off. It wasn't a straight red, so. And you're always going to get that on Derby's, but Gerard's had got that sort of emotion out of it by the time he was Ross's age. And I think that's what we're saying is that, that's what you're mm, saying, yeah. isn't it? That Ross is now at the age where he's got to get over that, like, well, like Gerard did. Well, his personality is different, isn't it? It's quite difficult. To... The game's the same, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's still quite difficult. Each 
each character's different in a player, and if you're, I, I can see Ross is trying too much, and you could see that. If he needs to just, I know it's easier said than done. We're all sitting here going, yeah, he's in Everton, he still should be able to knock the sense out of this game and whatnot. But it's still totally difficult when there's forty thousand Liverpool supporters and two and a half Everton, and the the booing you and everything else. It's it's still emotionally difficult for him. To, but he has to do it. Mm. He has to do it. And I've seen some nonsense lately about oh, this is why he doesn't get in the England team and all this. Obviously, they haven't watched Ross Barkley over the last three months because he's been one of Everton's better players. Now, because he doesn't be doesn't perform on one game that everybody's watching, all of a sudden he becomes a bad player overnight. I'm sorry, he doesn't. Phil, what do you think about an assertion? I'm not sure I actually agree with it, to be honest, but I think it was um, <laughs> one of the luminaries of the game, Phil Babb, who I was watching goals on Sunday, and he, his view, which, you know, in fairness, a, a joke, but a former professional footballer, Republic of Ireland International, his view was that Koeman, by playing three at the back, allowed Liverpool too much space and time to play into. And I remember Tony Barrett made a point during the game that he felt it was rare for a derby to both teams, to be fair, get so much space to play. But I think he was particularly talking at that point about Liverpool. I suppose what I'm asking is, were you happy with the way Koeman set up with his three at the back? Yes, because I thought three would become five and that we would flood. We would be very compact along the, along the back line and the guy... Davis and the third midfielder Barkley would form the other, you know, who I mean form the other barrier if you like. And it would be solid, and we would force Liverpool into playing long balls, and we'd force them into doing stuff that they're not good at, and then we would go on the counter attack. That's how I, in my mind, thought that was it was going to play out. But for me, and we go back to big game players, for me, Idrissa guy didn't stamp his authority enough on the midfield. You know, Ross was always going to be drifting further forward naturally. So I'm left sort of thinking, well, Guy needed to do more because you've got young Tom Davis next to him in his first derby, and I, I wanted to see more from, from, from Guy. And I think he was, I think his rashness and I think his poor decision-making didn't help. And I think, you know, you, you had Holgate playing at wing-back. I think maybe he didn't get enough guidance in when to come in and when to tuck in. You know, he was playing alongside Pennington. They know each other well, but... They've never both never played together in. I don't think they've played together, have they? Actually, at first team level. So, I think in theory it was the right way to go, but right. in practice we didn't. We weren't tactically um, disciplined enough. Did you think that a lot of Liverpool supporters I've spoke to reckon that Jurgen Klopp changed his style playing against Everton? Or was it totally one off? Liverpool aren't normally like that, straight from the off against teams. They're only flying at you, in your face. Now, they wasn't, they were quite, sort of the way for they were quite resistant and reluctant to hit Everton straight away, knowing that it was a different type of game, a different derby, and Liverpool's tactics were different. Just, is that kind of praise for Everton, how far they've come? I suppose it, I, look, I, I didn't notice Liverpool's, I suppose now, if, if on the like they, they, so what I meant to say is that, the way they approach Tottenham and Arsenal, and all the other teams that they blitzed, Manchester City and Anfield, <laughs> bulldozing them, flying at them well, and picking them off. Yeah, it it wasn't exactly mean. that type of Liverpool performance, is that, was it? Is that not really a compliment then? Or And I'm not just looking at the negatives, by yeah. the way, but is that more horses for courses? They've said that this is a team 
stricken with injuries who aren't in the same class as Tottenham yeah, and possibly City. Quite possibly. Yeah, I think I think that's to do with the fact he just wanted to see how we set up from the start of the game. Because that was a big unknown, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you take, I mean, I actually thought the first five minutes we had a lot of the ball. We did, we started yeah. all right, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're doing yeah. okay here. And um, I think they probably just like laid off a bit. Let's see how Evan has set up. And as you say, we're playing five at the back on, or, or, you know, is it, is it three, five, two? Um, and I think that was probably the reason uh, for doing that. I think picking up on Phil's point, I, I don't have a problem with three at the back. I have a problem with three at the back for us. When Jags and Williams are two of the centre halves, because you've got to, you've got to have two of the three have to be quite pacey. That's that's my point. And I think what Phil was right is because we didn't play five. That's where they say a goal cost us, didn't it? Because you see how like our back three, they were strong across the pitch. There was a massive distance. There was a massive distance between our back three. You see the third goal. See where Jags is? He's miles away from Williams. Yeah. He should be closing in, and Bain should have tucked in. And, and that's one of the reasons, I Phil, as you said, like we didn't play, we didn't play it properly because the two, the two lads on the side didn't have enough opportunities just just to tuck in. So I think um, that certainly contributed towards it. But it was just, it was just, you know. And, and the other one is lots of lots of um, words over the weekend about this Lukaku, his performance in the context of um, Everton. Maybe not ambitious enough. I want to play in the Champions League. Blah blah blah. Well, what do we think of Lukaku's performance in in the context of those comments? I think he he, he was poor. He was poor. I'm not going to say he was he was great, but he was so isolated. I don't think the tactics enhanced in any in which way, shape, or form. I think he didn't he didn't make a nuisance of himself. Did he? he was he was up against Matip and Lovren, who played well to be fair, and plus he had Lucas in front of him, so he didn't have. Any room to manoeuvre. I felt sorry for him as in part of service. And do you know what? Look, we were just speaking about the tactics then. I think Everton's midfield were too far advanced, and this is where they left it, just a guy isolated because that's where Mane and Coutinho, there was massive gaps for them. And it was it's an evidence to see in the first 20, 30 minutes that Mane and Coutinho were the only two guys you just spoke about before, Gav. Barkley and Lukaku for the ones for Everton. It was Mane and Coutinho for Liverpool. Yeah. And Everton didn't do a number on them. Davis was more. I was disappointed in Tom Davis to be honest. That weren't his best performance, but he was, he was either here today, wasn't he? he? Was on the periphery of the game. Calvin Lewin, he was pushing up towards Ron, but he was getting dragged back. So Everton didn't have the support naturally going forwards as what what it was to support him coming back. So there was a big massive hole, which this guy was getting totally isolated, and Manny and Coutinho were ripping him to shreds. It was just, it was poor tactically. Ron Koeman's got to take the shared responsibility for it, but it's not going to diminish. The improvements Everton have done over the last two or three months on the back of one results, not for me. Yeah, no, I, I agree okay. with with that definitely, I, and I agree with pretty much with your assessment of Lukaku. All I'd add, and I've said it after the game, so forgive me if you've heard me bang on it about this already. He pertains, and he's, he is going to be one of the top uh, strikers in the world. And, you know, he's already one of the top strikers in Europe. But my frustration with him was he does talk, he talks himself up, and rightly so. His goal record this season. And previous seasons backs up the talking, but the best, the really best players, <clears> rise above the challenges. I.e., poor um, supply or no supply, mm. you know, being double marked, mm. difficult. They're all challenges. The yeah. average players, you'd expect them to sink, but if you're going to be the really top players, you still summon up mm. something, some moment to change a game, mm. and he didn't. Yeah, I just not a shot. Yeah. Just, I just, in summary, for me, he wasn't at any point. 
a handful. Now, I'm not saying absolutely, you know, supply line was, was non-existent, etc. And you can't just expect him to summon up a solo Chelsea S goal every five minutes. He's, you know, he's going to have ups and downs, whatever. Yeah. But at no point in that game did we go, Matip's having a bit of trouble or Lovren's having a bit of trouble. Mm. Or, you know, he, he, he's trying to make stuff happen. It just wasn't that. It wasn't at the races, you know, ends. Yeah, I mean, my view is all of them are bad. And the comparison is um, about 12 months ago, Spurs played at Anfield, didn't he? I think it was the evening kick-off. And Harry Kane had a very, very similar game to, mm. to Lukaku. Was, his first touch was awful. He didn't see the ball. He was absolutely, you know, absolutely, well, it was dreadful, to be honest with you. But he never, he never stopped. And he had one opportunity, he scored at the Anfield road, and it was a really good goal. And that was the only thing he did in the game. Mm. Um, because he never stopped trying. And even though he, he was had a real off day like Lukaku, but he never let it affect the game. He still hung around, knowing that there'd be one moment that he can influence the game. And, and Ron didn't look at all like that on, uh, on, on Saturday. Is, is that something to do with mental strength? You know, Ron doesn't lack for confidence, of course. We know that. And we, and we know that he, he's absolutely convinced of his ability. But, you know, just little things on Saturday. Like, I think he won a header uh, midway through the first half. And Calvert-Lewin and Ron were nowhere near latching onto it. And as soon as he'd won the header and realised, no, he's got to get to it, he kind of turned and looked at the bench as if for sympathy from Koeman, as if to say, oh, well, you've done your job, mate. Yeah, I'll have yeah, a go at these. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, 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 you know, you talk about Harry Kane and, and, and using that as a comparison, and that refusal to give up. Yeah. I don't know. As he, maybe maybe Harry Kane knows that he's got quite more better quality around him, but no. he's going to get it. Yeah, he's going to get it. Harry Kane probably knows nine times out of ten. I'm getting a chance created for me, regardless of how I'm playing. But whereas in Rom, for, for what Rom is to this football team, the ta- he's the talisman, he's the best player, he's the leading scorer, yeah. he is the focal point. I think he's got to rise above that. Yeah, I, I know. I, I don't think it's that. It's how you individually affect the game. Never regards what we made to do on on your team. It's how you affect the game. And Ali Kane was as a mate, but he still last year. But he still carries on trying closing people down, all that type of stuff. That Rom, you just don't see. You don't. You don't see him affecting the game and, and doing that when he's having an off day, when he's not getting the ball. And that's uh, that's something he needs to work on. I think. Def- I think I saw, and again, not not just commenting on the derby because as Kuman said in his press conference earlier, <clears throat> it is too easy for him to trap a judge and get getting drawn into judging. An entire season on one game, and none of us, let's be clear, none of us are doing that because we've made leaps and bounds forward. And we'll go back to how close we are to the top four. But one thing I do say is, for me, and we've all said it in different guises, it comes back to relative failures in the summer and January transfer markets. Uh, a failure to find the attacking midfielder in the, if you like, the Coutinho mould. Um, because I thought our midfield creativity was absolutely woeful and not the first time. On Saturday, by the way, mm-hmm. again I thought we would lack that at White Hart Lane, we lacked that at Manchester City. Um, it, it's clear, you know, even if had Morgan Schneiderlin played, we would have been immensely stronger. But even he is not exactly someone who's going to pick yeah. the pocket of a back yeah. four and slip in a killer pass. And again, and Phil wrote it so many times in the summer. I think you need two, particularly at centre half, two options, strength in depth, proper options. Really, really tough ask of Matt Pennington, and uh, it showed for me the failure. Now, okay, we know Burnley didn't want to sell Keane in January. Um, I don't know what happened to Harry Maguire or Keane last summer, but um, we're not there on the pitch fully yet. 
we're not there as a recruitment system yet. Steve Walsh only started last summer, so there is mitigation. But we're very much a work in progress in every sense for me. I understand. I understand your point, Greg, especially on the number 10, which is in evidence that when I've argued the toss for Evan, you tell me that Wayne Mooney wouldn't get in that Everton team on Saturday. Which is, of course, would, of, of course, of course, no brainer. Mm. Which, but back to the centre half situation, we've got four. We've got Funes Mori, Phil Jagielka, Ashley Williams, and you've got Mason Allgate. It's sod's law going into the biggest game of the season that you lose a right back, then you've got to put one of your centre halves at right back, and then you lose a centre half. So you're effectively left with two. I think I was classing Holgate not as one before. If you yeah, like. understandable. I, I think, I think also as well, bringing two centre halves is better than what we've got at the moment. It's quite obvious from, from Saturday. I was so disappointed, actually, Williams. That, that was. William, you know, Jack's is 34, Williams is 32. Um, you know, when they're one year older and, and they're all just hardy. So if we start next season, we'll be 35 and 33. We're still, we're still paying for what was going on about last year, is in the summer of 2015, let two centre-halves go and only brought one in. Yeah. No, and known for well that John Stones is going to be leaving at some point. Yeah. So we'd effectively like two centre-halves down. And mm. the previous manager never really address that issue and the, the fact of the matter is that there's an argument to say we need three three centre halves this is three new I think we need three or maybe two but somebody who can play centre half or maybe play right full back, back or something, something like yeah. that because our, you know good teams will expose your weaknesses won't they and it's quite obvious what's in that game on Saturday where our weaknesses are it's that sense of defence and put under yeah. pressure I would buy, I would buy two centre halves and I think I think Pennington will still be a good player. I don't think he's a part of a three, though. I think he needs to play as a two with a full-back tucking in beside him. Yeah. Um, somebody said to me the other week, he's a young Jaggy Elker, and I can kind of see that. You know, I think he could develop into a decent... Through uh, Pennington? Yeah, I think he really could. So I would say, if you started next summer with... With an absolute, like... You know, if you if you were added two to what we've got, so you have two more, Jags, Williams, maybe Jags might go, whatever. Jags, Williams, Holgate, Pennington... Browning's coming back from loan, so he'll have to be assessed. Um, I would say that's more, certainly more adequate than what we've got at the minute. Yeah. I think we need two full-backs as well, to be honest. Yeah. Because as we've just seen, Coleman injured, we're knackered. Yeah, imagine, if Baines, imagine if Baines was to get injured this yeah, season. Yeah. Well, well, where do we go then? Because Funes Mori can't even go left-back. Well, your, but, your immediate left, specialist left-back, the next specialist left-back of the football club who's playing is Anthony Robinson, who's... 20 now or 19? He's a good lad. He's, yeah. he's a promising young lad, but he's, you know, he's not did got you no feel, experience. No, go talk about the youngsters, Phil. Did you sense you, you guys were there? And I, I was watching on the telly and it come across to me when I was looking at the young lads in that Everton team. They looked nervous. I could see it and I felt sorry for them because I was getting frustrated and I was going, come on, lad, you're better than that, you're better than that. But you could just sense the occasion and the nervousness in the faces and the way they, the way they were playing as well. They were just trying to play a safe ball and... I felt sorry for them, and I, 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 I'm not having a go at them at all because they didn't hide as much as as much as I'd say it. They didn't hide at all. He has a go, and yet it weren't good enough on the day. I've seen 15, 20 years of players who are more experienced than these lads who played on Saturday, and they've buckled and they've been in games. Some not having a go at them at all. I just felt as though they were nervous, and it was perhaps the wrong game for them to just shove them in. I think the game passed Davis by, didn't it? But it wasn't yeah. through any lack of yeah. passion or effort. Um, it goes back to what Gav was saying, I suppose, more the more I think about it, about the Drissa guy. Let's be generous and say he's not the type of player to be... He's, he's not a leader. He might lead by example in some of the work he gets around the pitch, but he's not someone who, like a Barry when he was younger, or, or a Schneidlin, 
who can be the, the linchpin. Um, he mm. was the, the senior man of that midfield. Maybe if people were looking to him, I don't think they were going to find any guidance or, or an example. So that that failed, really. I still can... I still... You see, the thing is, though, what would you have done? Would you start at Barkley? I still don't think that would have worked. Exactly. Sorry, not Barkley, Barry. Mm. Yeah. No. I still don't think that would have worked. We, 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 all, we all sat here a couple of weeks ago and said... Barry shouldn't start away from home in a big game of games. Yeah, yeah. So we, we're all in agreement. We can't just say it after the event because we Yeah, uh, it's quite funny when you read some of the post-match comments. It was like, why didn't Barry start? <laughs> you know, the same fellow was just lagging him off. I, I thought, to be honest, but yeah, going back to the day at the back, I thought we should have played four at the back. I, would, I think played Holgate. Then you've got no back. width then, Gav, at all. We didn't have any width with I know, three, but you, four, three, well, you who know? would you put on the right and left? Well, I, but he would have played, that's a good point, he would have played four, three, three. And then you then we said we said on that's what it says on on Friday. Uh, I think that would have maybe been better. But I, I just think um, you know I think we say about the youngsters, but there's a few I say a few of the senior players didn't cover oh, themselves yeah, in glory. I was particularly disappointed with Williams, uh, and um, for a number of reasons. One is I mean you you spoke about gaps Tony between mm. it and that you know. But that they, they played in between, and that's not just like you know the midfield. Not talking about the defenders pushing up onto the onto the midfield attackers, isn't it? And too many times they were they were sort of like four or five yards off. Yeah, you know, back further back than what they should have been, and that contributed towards it. And I, yeah, and I was thinking about Williams in terms of assessments of this season so far. Is we bought him for what twelve million quid, and I was thinking he's an international class defender, and I was thinking should I expect a little bit more of him what I've seen this season? I would say yeah, probably. I think so. I, I think mm. so. I think he's been good in a back three when Jags hasn't played, but when him and Jags have been in the the same team, he's not been as effective. I don't know why that is, but I would have expected more. And and on on Saturday that challenge, he was lucky to stay on the pitch himself, wasn't on he? Chan. Yeah, was it? it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's thinking he's you know talk about young players and examples, yeah. and you thinking well, if you've got a senior player who's played in the Euro semi final. Yeah. Doing that well, hang on a minute. You know. Greg, after after the uh, match, Jamie Carragher was quite vocal to say that Everton, and I've just got a mental block when he travelled to Anfield. I've got a mental block in big games. Yeah, soon after disputing it, wasn't he? Yeah, do yeah. you agree with that? Tough one, isn't it? <clears throat> well, look, I want to say that Kuman, who's clearly got no mental block about going anywhere, yeah, um, and the young players who started shouldn't have any psychological baggage. So I want to say that that, that wasn't the reason why we lost. Um, and I think Phil said that more more eloquently than I'm trying to in his verdict. But I do worry, Toad, that, again, a whitewash this season as it happens, two Mersey's had derby defeats, certainly another missed, well, another defeat at Anfield, another failure to win. So there might be a degree of it. I don't think it's as easily. I don't think it's as straightforward as Carragher was suggesting. I don't think that was actually the reason why they lost. Yeah. But you still got to say there must be an element of it because look at what we say about Barkley. Yeah, I agree because that's a homegrown lad who cares so much about the game. I think that's totally different. But in regards to what Gav says, and I agree with him to a certain extent. The pre the Derby podcast, and he says he says if you're looking at it, it's not a mental block on Saturday. It was the fact that they had better players. That the players that played <clears throat> on Saturday, he just wasn't good enough to play against the Liverpool players. It weren't a mental block. It had nothing to do. I guarantee if Everton had Schneider and Coleman and, and Balassi, you tell Everton give Liverpool a better game. Of course, it's not to do with the mental block. Previously, over the last ten years, 
I'd sort of kind of agree to a certain extent when we've matched them with, with our players like for like. But looking at the eleven that played to our eleven, it was it was always going to be a little bit. Yeah, I, I still expected better from the eleven. From the experienced lads, I expected everyone to be more competitive. If you if you like, yeah, I, I appreciate that. If we'd had Schneiderlin, Coleman, and Balassi, you know, you would really fancied it to be a different story, given how I didn't think Liverpool were particularly good. But I still expected better. If that's, that yeah. makes sense. I, I think it was down to the age range of the team. Um, you said the age range of the population. It's like the census. <laughs> but but I I I seen that exchange. Seen that was absolutely spot on. You know. And uh, Carragher was just like picking up a journalism, and I said that last week. It's just a myth. The mentality of Derby mm-hmm. games would have been on me bounce, you know. Yeah. And you know, because if you look at it, they haven't played there to four, four young lads. Well, you don't know what their mentality is yet, because you haven't seen them. Exactly. You haven't seen them play. Exactly. You, and then therefore, you telling me that Jack Spins mm-hmm. and Williams haven't got the mentality to play in a Derby game? Of course, they have. They've got yeah. 150 in, international caps between them and, and the, stuff. The way Robles was speaking to us in the yeah. build for the game, he wasn't. Yeah. You know, in the slightest bit, you know, so what going down for they're going to be up. But that's why they're like professionals. I think it's been just five hundred career starts. Tomorrow, you're talking about you know mm. international quality players, and that leaves you Barkley, Guy, and Lukaku. Then questioning their mentality. And on Saturday, we just collectively them three were just poor. Yeah. So it's not mentality. That's twenty nine games at the top six who are not Liverpool away from home. We haven't won any since two thousand eleven twelve. So I record that we've won one. Sorry. I record that Anfield is the same as those top clubs. We just get found out because guess what? They've got far, far better players. Than spe- us. I agree with you, and especially away from home, because at home we're giving these ge- we're giving them yeah. games. Manchester City smashed the backside this season at home four 0 yeah. got a point away. Two with Tottenham at home. Two with Manchester United at home. Well, so Arsenal, obviously these players have got the big game mentality. Absolutely, Arsenal. We won two one from one 0 down. Exactly. Didn't we? So it isn't. It's just away from home. It's a slightly different dynamic. You'll get found out a little bit more, and we've been getting found out for God knows how long. And I said, you Man City, Man United, example, all the time. This when like City got better players, guess what? They started winning yeah. all the time. Yeah. When we get to get better players, hopefully from the summer onwards, guess what? I'd expect us to win at Anfield. Which, which just says about be more competitive. Which just says about yeah. Schneider and Balassi and Coleman. Yeah. If they yeah. were playing, we would have given them a ten times better game. Let, no mental block. Let's mention the goalkeeping situation because I think. Um, I don't want to. Again, I'm wary of rushing to conclusions, long-term conclusions on one game, but it's not the first time where Joel, who's had really good moments this season, and no one disputes he deserves to be our number one at the moment, but you really expect better in game, big games like that. Some of the mistakes he made, particularly for Origi's goal, were just awful. I think he's still running after the manager. <laughs> <laughs> you say he can't dive in football, and it's, it's terrible. But he, he literally didn't try. Like what? Did what he? I mean, what do we think? I, I, <laughs> Listen, he's, he's been brilliant, hasn't he, this season for Everton since he's, since he's come into the team. Kept a lot of clean sheets, pulled off a really some important save for Everton and they've gone on to win the game. I think it's harsh to just pick on one game. It's just because it's Liverpool that's been highlighted so much that he's decided to have this bad game in. It's just one of them. Now, I, I, he's a good goalkeeper. He's not our number one for the future. I do hope that we get a decent number one in the summer. And he'd become a decent. He'd be a good number two for us. As we've had to rely on this season. Don't forget, we were all shouting for Joe Hart and everyone this summer. Yeah, no one's been saying this the last three or four months, have they? So you can't just single hold one yeah. game for me. If we start next season with a a number one who we bought for decent money, whether that's a Pickford or whoever, you know, a re- really number one. You've got Joe L and you've got Stecklenberg as backup. You would say that's decent yeah, goalkeeping options, wouldn't you? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was I was thinking about. 
the first goal probably only Everton player was not his backside but he should have been you know he was running towards the ball for the first goal the third goal he was running away from the ball so you know I, 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 again sums it up he's been okay but on Saturday's performance I, I know what you're saying a one-off but actually I want my goalie to beat Neville Southall in the derby yeah. And uh, you know that's what you want. Did he man have given him the big build up? Hadn't yeah. he saying he would be the difference type of thing? But and uh, you watching that on Saturday, you think, well, actually, we'd, we need to uh, get it and keep it in the. Summer. He was the difference, Phil. Unfortunately, yeah. just not in the way a man and we all hope. Greg, we've been quite vocal on what Ronald Koeman says after after the um, the match on Saturday. How will that now affect Everton, the Everton players going into tomorrow night's game? Well, again. To be clear, that I disagreed with what, not the, maybe not the reason why he said, but certainly the, the words he chose. But let's look at it in a different way. Maybe what it, what it will have done is engender, because I think with Cumin, sometimes you wonder if he's a bit of a cold fish in the dressing room. You wonder if they really love him or just respect him. And you know, but he's had his little, not run-ins, but Barclays publicly queried why he's always having a go at him and. You know, he's sometimes he's never afraid to dig a play out when he thinks they need it, apart from maybe on, on Saturday. So maybe it will have engendered a little bit of extra kind of oh, you know, he could have really went and, and, and rightly dug us out there, but he didn't. He went into bath for us. You know, he was quite on the front foot. Maybe it'll really fire up the dressing room. I'm saying trying to play devil's mm, advocate against yeah. my own instinct to go and get behind him at Old Trafford, where arguably United aren't quite the prospect that you, you should be, if you yeah, know, I know what you mean. Yeah. So maybe it'll work in it to his advantage. That can only be his why he chose to be so defensive. Because yeah. he's sorry, Gal. Because he's got to rely on these same group of players. I think again. That maybe that's it. Yeah. He's got so, to. He's got no option. Has he? Same squad, isn't it? For, for, yeah. Same squad for tomorrow night as it was on Saturday. So, um, yeah, he has to use exactly the same players. So but. this is probably why he said I, them things. Having said, having said that, though, if I. I would like to think if I was in, in that Everton team and I hadn't performed well and the manager came out and just and had a go, I would actually like to think that because he had to use me again three days later, I wouldn't be like, oh, sod him and, and sulk. I'd actually be playing, try and play better to prove him wrong and sh- show what I'm made of. I don't know. I don't yeah, know before, I might, what he said to the reporter 10 seconds after the whistle and what he told the players inside... I think it being two different things. Maybe, mate. Yeah, I think he's I told think. Ross and he's told Rom and he's told the district guy, listen, I expect better from you. Them kids there have been left alone in a big match yeah, like this. Yeah. He's got to be guiding these in big matches and I expect better. And then he's come out in the front of Sky Sports and he said, listen, I'm proud of my players. I'm proud of the way he approached them. I'm proud of the way we played and we'll go on to Manchester United. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what... He had, he's had no option but to say that. No, yeah, and, 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 and so in the fact, as I say, I think he didn't want to give crop any sort of credit for uh, for Saturday, and I think you're right, Tony. I think it's not what he says to the pressing board; it's what he says to the players. Yeah. He may have taken a slightly different tack with them, definitely, uh, but and being maybe a bit more critical of them in in, in the dressing room. Yeah, I agree, but it is important what what you say to the press because that's your, your front facing public face of the football club. And again, I'll shut up about it now. I've said yeah. my piece. I just think he could have chosen his words a bit he better. He could have done, yeah. 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 Don't forget, what was it? Two minutes after the whistle had gone? So, no, no, no. This was, what, half an hour, Phil? He came in to see us, like, yeah, yeah, maybe 20. He, he said minutes. controlled... Yeah. Experience I, manager. I don't know what you say. I'm not, I'm not. The first time I said that, I don't know what you say. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think he was right to say, 
you know, protect the players. But then he went on to say about controlling the game and stuff like this, which was maybe not the case. Well, he doesn't um, want to give them anything, Gav. But as I say, that's the, that's the reason why I said that because I don't think he wanted to give them anything. Why does he want? There's been a dust up on the touchline. Just honestly, what, tell what, yeah, honestly, 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 okay, all right. Everyone honest, watched. You had honesty last season with Roberto Martinez. What? Now what's he going to do? Exactly. What? What? You know? All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that. It, listen, he's not going to give Liverpool. He's the Everton manager. Now, if he comes out and says, "Yeah, Liverpool were brilliant," I'm not saying he should well, have said that. Don't talk about Liverpool, but just be honest in your assessment. I, I, of I, is what you're saying, Greg? That it was perhaps the use of the word "proud" is perhaps too a, a little yeah, bit strong, so. a little bit false. I think so. Yeah. Proud of his young lads, satisfied. it's an emotive word, isn't it? And, and again, you know, I think if deep down here to ask him, "Are you proud of the team or are you proud of the young lads?" I think he probably meant to say the, the kids that come in for me and done well. Could have just, he could have just, you know, all right, in a perfect world. I know what you no say. No one says word for word the correct term every single press conference. We repeated it today, by the way. Yeah, but you know what he was trying to say? Well, I think he doubled down. At least he started this argument. He ends in the pod argument. No, you know, uh, he could have just said, I was satisfied with... He isn't over it, by the way. He isn't over it. yeah, yeah. He could have said... He could have said, I was satisfied with the young players in the circumstances, but our senior players didn't do yes. themselves justice. That's what he could have said, couldn't he? Could yeah, not. but he's having but, to then, but, now he's having to rely on these senior players again so soon after the event. Well, the professional the football, football players, football. well paid. It was, it was noticeable that. Unbelievable. <laughs> you, you, <could> tell, <laughs> you are unbelievable. unbelievable. You know, Greg's got a colony Don't you think Ron Koeman knows football? He's probably one of the world's best yeah, defenders yeah, ever to have played the game. I think he's got a generalisation of how football goes, Greg, don't you think? Yeah. Oh, let's just stop. Yeah, I think there was a. I think I, think, I, think I agree with him. I think, I think he actually <laughs> handled that quite well yeah. on, on Saturday at the end, but he could have chosen his words a little bit better. It's quite difficult after the major sides, are we? For word for word, correctly. Half an hour. Well, okay, tomorrow night then. Same team tomorrow yeah. night. Yeah. Do you believe yours? Yeah. Uh, yeah. How does he line up? Yeah, I mean, same very quickly. Same he might go four, might he? Might go four at the back. He might take, yeah. Brilliant. He might take Pennington out. He might play Holgate at right back. Williams, Jags, Baines. And he might play. Morales or something like that. Yeah, he might yeah. play four three three in the yeah. traditional centre. Start Luckman maybe. I'm interested. I looked at it. Yeah, I'm thinking about Luckman maybe getting a chance. What have they got? They've got Valencia right back. Who's their left back? Who's very nice left back? It's not Luke Shaw anyway, is it? No, it's not. So I don't know. I, I think. I fancy us to put a better performance on. I think Valencia will play. Yeah. I, I, think, know, I yeah. fancy us to put a better performance on that we did on Saturday. I really do. I really do. I think <laughs> maybe listen, West Brom went there and. Just sat ten men behind the ball and got a point on something. I don't want to see that. It's interesting. Would you rather see that than are you, get no. are you saying get Tony Pulis in his mind? Get him in there. <laughs> uh, I, I, don't, I don't want to see that. that. In terms of developing the team, oh, you over know, the, over, now on the end of the season, going to Old Trafford and putting up the, uh, yeah. the shutters I, doesn't do anything. I, I, I want to see us go to Old Trafford and be seriously competitive, be in the game, be a threat for them. <laughs> because when we've gone to Chelsea, when we've gone to White Hart Lane, um, Anfield, we haven't done it. Yes, we got a point at City and defended for our lives, but obviously Stecklenburg had the game of his life, didn't he? So yeah. I want to go see us go there tomorrow night and cause them problems and be competitive. You know, it sounds horribly lame in turn, but have a go. Ross Barkley and Romelu Lukaku and yeah. all them key players that we've just spoken about that underperformed on Saturday, yeah. they will have to improve dramatically, won't they, in, in this game? Yeah. Should we let the final word go to Tony then? As no, well? okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> over, over one match, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a yes, then. I'm not going to deny 
the progress Everton have made over these last 12 months on the basis of one 90-minute game of football. Heads have fallen off because of it, and it's, it's not on, on and off the pitch. We've improved so much, and I'm not going to let a derby defeat Absolutely. deflect that at all. So, no way. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, next season, I feel we'll give them a better game than what we did this season, put it that way. Yeah. We've only had five or six kids in the team. Yeah. I mean, they won't be stronger out. Just... That's key. Yeah. I, I would love it. Yeah. I would well, love it if we beat them. Okay, quick predictions tomorrow. Um, one one. I'm going with the Tony Pulis inspired nil nil. You just been slagging him. <laughs> no, I'll go with one all. Yeah. yeah. One nil Everton. Look at him. Oh, didn't expect that, did you? Yeah. You're gonna see the face uh, he's pulling yeah. here. One one all. I agree. Yeah, I think we'll get a point. You're so negative, you lot. Oh. Right. Thanks very much for listening. Um, yeah, a lively one, but perhaps to be expected after a disappointing derby. Thank you again, and we'll be back towards the end of the week.